0: If that's the Gazette behind your back, I've seen it online already. Corey, Corey, hallelujah. Oh, here's to the murdering psycho. Not me, him. I'm just the attempted murdering psycho.
1: I don't think Gallo's humour is
0: appropriate. If only there was a handbook, so we'd know for sure. Sorry, I don't know why I'm having a go at you. The talk of the street. The talk of the The street. The talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of The Talk of the Street, an unofficial Go Street Catcher podcast that drops into your weekend feed as dramatically as ITV Stefan popping into Roy's Rolls to tell everyone that your son is a killer, I'm Gavin.
1: And I challenge you to a game of tiddlywinks, to the death!
0: Bring it! <laughs> Bring it on! <laughs> I was actually quite good at tiddlywinks. <laughs> but not to the death. <laughs> Rarely, Quite. rarely played it to the death.
1: Quite nervous now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> be careful for what you wish for. For, 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 for.
1: Ah, how are you? Ah, I've been better. <laughs> We've had better weeks, haven't we? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We have a plague upon our house.
1: We do. Stelly has COVID.
0: It was a matter of time, I think.
1: Before one of us got it.
0: Somebody had to get it. And it, Typically, it was one of the kids. But at least it happened after we were all vaccinated. Right. Because she's neither up nor down. No. And I think I've just got a bit of a cold.
1: Well, well, you have strep. So... (laughs) And I have strep. The boys are fine. Well, Benny, we know is... Benny and I tested negative for COVID. You haven't been tested for COVID. Because... For some reason, when they tested you for strep, they didn't test you for COVID as well. Which they told is,
0: me there's no point. Which is weird. I no, I'm not going to complain. Because
1: they insisted when I took the kids to get tested for strep that we test them for COVID too. And I was like, oh yeah, fine. Whatever. It's not like they have COVID or anything.
0: I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I took the kids in to get tested for strep because you and I have strep. And I was like, I'm going to... Be careful and make sure that I'm not sending them to school with strep throat, which is highly contagious. I took them in. We sat in the car. The doctor called and said, "Okay, well, I'm going to send somebody in out to swab them. We're going to swab them for COVID, too, just in case. And I said, yeah, sure. Swabbed them both, went home. Next day, I get a call. They don't have strep. But we're waiting on COVID results. Thursday morning, I have this text message from the health department. This story's
0: taking about as long to tell as it does in real life. I
1: know. Well, this is the thing; it's so. And I was talking to somebody else about it. It's. It's nerve-wracking because.
0: You've left that fucking Roomba going. <laughs> trying and, to break down the door. expected
1: expect <laughs> it to come into the hallway. It's nerve-wracking because, as we said, we had no thoughts that she could possibly have COVID. And here she is, she has COVID. So it just means, just reinforces the fact that people are walking around with COVID, spreading COVID, who have no idea they have COVID and no inclination that they should get tested for COVID.
0: Yeah. You didn't know that?
1: Well, no, I knew that, but it, it really strikes hope when it oh, okay. actually happens. Right. And then, you know, I did the responsible thing and contacted everyone that she was in contact with for the past three days before she was tested. And only one of those organizations reached out to other people and and told them anything about it, which is weird. I don't know. It's... It's something that you don't think is going to happen to your house and then it happens to your house and then you find out all of these things that you didn't realize.
0: Better to happen this October than last October. Yes.
1: Everyone's vaccinated. So, everyone's safe. We're staying home for 10 days.
0: And she is as happy as a pig and shit about it. Right. Because she's at that age where when she's not at school and she's <laughs> not at the teen centre and she's not playing soccer, she's in her room and she's on her iPad and she's just chilling out. Right. And that's what she's doing. Yeah. Just so I'm, happens I'm, to be called quarantine. Now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, Well, you're gonna have to stay in your room the whole time. You can't you can't come downstairs or anything. She's like, Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll bring you food. All right, fine.
0: Yep. She's fairly easy going that way. She really is. I think the She was the one that during the whole uh <laughs> the whole Lockdown. Uh, lockdown and remote learning. She said to me when we were doing the Spongebob podcast I could do this Forever <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's changed her mind on that
1: No Yeah so she's fine Everybody else is Coughing and sniffling And everything But the one who actually has COVID is fine It's fine uh, so are you? 2021 Right? Am I right? Huh? 2021 Am I right? It's a year It's a year
0: It's nearly done <sighs>
1: think 2022 is going to get any better?
0: Nope. In some respects, I expected to get much, much worse.
1: <sighs> and on that cheery note.
0: <laughs> Shall we preamble, my dear?
1: Yes, please.
0: Lots of chuckles to be had in, in this week's preamble. So let's all just settle down for the serious stuff now. This is, this is the important bit. For I say to you... Shall we preamble, my Uh huh. And then I invite you to give us some of that pandemic, coding news. Yes. Tim's
1: dad rises from the dead with an important message.
0: Stay off roofs.
1: <laughs> no. Ian Bartholomew participated in a video for Women's Aid about violence against women. In addition to Ian, the actors Don Gallette of EastEnders, Toby Alexander Smith of EastEnders, Jason Watkins of EastEnders and Corey alum Bill Ward also shared their voices for this important
0: matter. Was well, th- this a TV campaign or something?
1: It was a video produced by Women's Aid um, and then they put it on their website and distributed it through social media and the actors also spread it through social media so it's I'm sure it's on television somewhere, not in America, where right. we are. Sure. But, you know, I, I think it's very clever to use these actors who themselves were played characters who committed violence against yeah,
0: women. I'm trying to figure out if that's a good thing or not. I guess it is a good thing, but from um, I would just think it's a bit triggering.
1: Well, I think that it's it's good because maybe... The message will get to people who wouldn't necessarily, Uh, you know, listen to things like that. Ian Bartholomew has just been a star when it comes to this sort of thing. Because remember, he wrote wrote that song and sang that song.
0: Yep. No, very good. Yes.
1: At least one Corey fan thinks the pandemic is over and has complained about the continued social distancing of the actors. Just the one. Well, one in particular. Oh. Whose name shall not be mentioned. Rising the ire of Georgia Taylor and Will Melore. Our Georgia especially clap back, telling the fan, quote, if it's ruining it for you, then don't watch for now. Wait. As a mom of a kid with COVID, I have to say, you go, girl. But the it's it's ruining their enjoyment of the show that people are socially distanced.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's the entitlement of this show is made particularly for me.
1: Right, and only me.
0: This TV show is a bus, it's not a taxi. It's for everyone. Right. Shut the fuck up.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, Will Mellor was more like... that's you- Mellor. Is it? Mm-hmm. I'm an American.
0: I know, I've noticed. <laughs> He's me- never sounded so fancy. Mellor? Mellor. Mellor? Mellor.
1: Like Miller.
0: Like with, Miller with an E.
1: <laughs> and an O.
0: A <laughs> name. <An M. laughs>
1: well, no, there's no O or E. Well, there is an E in Miller, but it's not where the I... Anyway, <laughs> he was making the point that, you know, there there are scenes coming up with him that will not be as socially distanced, but they are still taking precautions and stuff, and that you just... For things that need to be closer, Mm -hmm. you're going to see them closer. So... But not every scene needs to be that close. No, not not everyone has to be
0: licking the same lamppost here.
1: Right. And the guy was complaining about a scene that hasn't even been seen on the show yet. It just... It it was like a, a picture of them... Recording the show, you know, one of those stills from production. And a lot of those stills from production, they look really far away from one another, but like actually on the show through the magic of film.
0: Yeah. And sometimes they never actually make it onto the show.
1: Right. Yeah. So quit your bitching.
0: Was this somebody famous that made this comment?
1: No. 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 It was just, you know, some rando.
0: Because in my head, I'm blaming Piers Morgan. (laughs) And so, as
1: we do for everything,
0: and so shall that remain. <laughs> I'm not going to t- now going to start telling people that Pierce Morgan's been bitching about Coronation Street, but no. that hasn't happened.
1: But we can we can refer to him as a mere rando. Sh- sure. <laughs> Finally, mazel to Bev Collard as she welcomes a new grandchild, a little girl named Luna Louise.
0: Luna Louise.
1: Luna Louise. That is a pretty name.
0: That is a pretty name.
1: A pretty ass name. I like that name. (laughs) She looks so cute. She looks so nice. She looks so at ease and happy, you know, in pictures. The kid? Bev Collard. Oh,
0: Bev does, yeah
1: newborns always look happy don't they they're always asleep and at peace unless they're crying and nobody takes a picture of a crying baby
0: there's a gap in the market
1: there's a gap in the market We're going to have to start walking around taking pictures of random crying babies
0: yeah other people's crying babies
1: make other people's babies cry and take pictures
0: this is getting very dark I agree I think anything I've seen of Bev since since Coronation Street, mm-hmm. she has seemed very at peace with the world. Yes, I still think it's a bit of a shame that she didn't get her exit.
1: Yeah, but
0: a- and at this point, I don't think they're even planning on it. No, so
1: it's fine. It's fine, and that's a Cory news. Oh, news. I have I have a Cory news addendum.
0: Oh, breaking Cory news!
1: Yes, a few months ago we mentioned the fact that uh, Sally Divinar. Was speculated to be going on
0: Dancing on Ice.
1: Yeah, the Ice Dancing with the Stars on Ice.
0: To give it its full <laughs> Japanese title.
1: Strictly come Ice Dancing with the Stars on, on the ice. ice. With skates.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And she has indeed been confirmed. So I didn't want to make that like a major part of Cory News because we'd already kind of talked about it, but there's confirmation. Confirmation, confirmation. Now that you know, do you think they're going to ask about her famous daughter while she's on the show? Probably. Yeah, and how great it is that her daughter is now famous and gets nominated for Emmys and stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and is a household name in America. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Have you seen Bridgerton yet? I
0: haven't. I, I don't think I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I don't think it's my bag. I did start watching Midnight Mass last night. Oh, good. I very much enjoyed the first episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we came off Squid Game this mm-hmm. week. We both watched Squid Game. This, yes. week. this feels like we're going back to pre-preamble. But, right, uh, and that, that stuff was so that we'll good. talk
1: about on the other podcast. Right,
0: that was so good. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in Netflix now. Give me something else. Uh-huh. And it was Midnight Mass. And so far, pretty, pretty impressed.
1: Yeah, I've heard good things.
0: Yeah. Our mailbag. <clears throat> JZQG. 6441 from the Martha's Vineyard. 6441s, I think.
1: Is that is that the name of uh, Elon Musk's ne- next child?
0: I believe we, we are getting contacted from a future Musk. <laughs> who's left a five-star review on iTunes. Oh, well. Love this podcast. Thank you. No, thank you, 6441, for taking genius. the time to leave a rating and a review. It's always appreciated. There will be bonus brownie points on offer to anyone who subscribes to our YouTube channel this week. Ooh. I'll try to push that to, towards 100 so I can change the name of it. I
1: don't know who it was on Twitter, but somebody on Twitter said something really nice about us that they don't they don't watch Coronation Street, right. but they listen to the podcast because they love us so much.
0: That was Zoe Satsuma.
1: Yes. They should really listen One to One of it.
0: the classic Emmerdale gang that I'm part of. <laughs> I'm part of a gang now. It's cool. And now we'll, Are you 12? Do you know, I was thinking as I was making that meme uh, of Mr Osborne as a fanny mm-hmm. I'm 48 years old <laughs> and now we'll podcast for coffee Thank you to Anonymous Donor for their purchase of our coffee this week which for the entire month of October we are sending to Breast Cancer Research Foundation BCRF. So that's us off to a a positive start on that front. Yay. Which I guess we'd have to be because nobody's going to take money from us. No. So anyway. If you want to buy us a coffee next week You can do so by going to kofi.com that's k-o-fi.com slash the talk of the street and as I said for the entire month of October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month we will be putting those donations towards BCRF but that does not change how appreciative we will be for any donations that we get.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Thank you so much and now this.
1: Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome Oh, welcome to Last year Tonight with me, John Oliver Just enough time to quickly talk about breathing for beginners This is Gail, isn't it? It is Gail Mm. Who's she complaining to? Uh,
1: Sally It is Sally
0: (laughs) What are they complaining about? Come on, you can do it
1: Allie isn't isn't hanging out with Gail as much as she used to To go to things like Breathing for Beginners Which is, is something that apparently Gail signed them up to go do Breathing for Beginners I'm assuming it's like a yoga meditation sort of breathing Not like actual breathing
0: I took it to be like a ridiculous example You wouldn't hang out with me because you've got Breathing for Beginners to go to Right But you are spot on Thank you Well done I felt like it was kind of pulling teeth a little bit, but we got there. I was Gavin, and you were speechless.
1: Yeah, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna be funny, and then I just decided not to. I'm too tired.
0: We all appreciate that. I had made a Tim's dad eating his own cock joke in my opening, and that had made you speechless. It was a, it was a clever play on words of cock clever
1: even though charlotte Uh, sorry
0: i said clever i mean obvious
1: even though charlotte was not a cock
0: yeah kind of falls apart at that point it really does the halloween stuff was starting up at the old folks home which i assumed was a kill the elderly event
1: yeah that was cancelled this year because of covid
0: my old mac was starting to play up so i bought a new laptop and the second i ordered it the old mac started to play ball again
1: yep what happens
0: The question of how long Nick can keep his secret son from Leanne is answered fairly quickly this week As she handles it in a manner befitting of her recent state of mind and mood I. e. not well Tracy makes an unpopular if not unholy understandable decision with regards to the florists And Amy's inheritance which leads Steve to make inquiries about mates rates on funeral flowers So this is really kind of the kick off of the whole let's knock down the entire street storyline Tim and Sally's wedding is done brilliantly, with Abby giving them the best gift ever by imprisoning a formally dressed Tim's dad in a glass cage. Loved that. That was great. Michael becomes the third character to wonder if he might be able to continue a relationship with Tiana. Hint, no. Johnny becomes suspicious when a cash-strapped Scott gifts a donation to Oliver's fund on the same day that Dev's shop is turned over. Yasmin has an amazing maniacal laugh. T.C. Tinker gets further use out of his uniform Millie the mediator is in over her head and maybe Sally's back garden wasn't the best venue for our Hindu. our moment of the week was Jasmine in jail laughing at Tim's dad getting locked in the conservatory and our boring moment of the week was Michael meeting Tiana's dad and that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street <coughs> this time last year
1: yes. <sighs> you busy? no
0: Shall we dive in, my dear? Please. Our first storyline this morning is Chasing Abbey. On Monday, Roy catches Asha early in the morning. He's looking for Nina, who was out when he got up, but he's worried. And Asha promises to keep an eye out. Later, Ronnie is in Roy's roles and mentions that he saw Nina earlier having uh, handing out flyers. And they're crudely made pieces of A4 with uh, Weddy County number 10, Tell the Truth mm-hmm. scrawled on it. Roy takes off his apron and puts on his Batsuit. <laughs> if only.
1: He's more hes more of an Alfred than a Batman, isn't he?
0: Well, if Roy is Batman and Nina Robin.
1: No, Nina's Batman.
0: Nina's Batman? Yeah, well. Well, Roy is Batman. He's Batman. He's not Batman, but he's Batman.
1: He's Bat-Man. Right. Not Batman. Right. <laughs> thoroughly distracted you with all of
0: that, didn't I? I love it. So Roy catches Nina trying to uh, guilt Jenny And put putting up one of her shape posters in the rovers she Yeah, when
1: there's already one outside the rovers posted up Did mm. you notice that?
0: She reacts badly when Roy points out that ITV Corey was found innocent And she could get to jail for this And she storms off to Weddy County to spread the word there Debbie comes into Roy's room to speak to Roy about Nina and her flyers When ITV Stefan comes in Y'all will be hearing from my solicitor says ITV Stefan as he holds up one of the flyers. Dramatically. Very dramatically. Mm. As is his want. <laughs> Could you do it more dramatically? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Roy doesn't think they have a case because he's not been named and he hasn't been accused of anything at all. It mm-hmm. is a plea for him to tell the truth. Right. But ITV Stefan thinks it breaks the anonymity clause and Dina will get done for contempt. ITV Stefan gets a text telling him that ITV Cory is in the first team now. So fuck it. No harm done. No foul. And he drops his complaint.
1: Yeah. What and is,
0: leaves dramatically.
1: What is it with Wethy County just doubling down on this asshole? Right. You'd think that they would at least be cautious about it.
0: Yeah. Not only are they not cautious.
1: Like, fuck just, you to the fans. We're putting this asshole right out there.
0: They're... They're approaching the situation with something approaching gay abandon. They really are. And it gets worse.
1: Yeah, it does get worse. It gets much worse.
0: So Nina is back at Roy's role, surprised that where the county took down her flyers. Roy tells her that ITV Corridor will be playing in the game this afternoon, so Nina wanders off claiming that she's going for a nap. She's not going for a nap. No. Later, Roy learns that Nina has posted accusations on social media. Not Facebook, though. No. Because at that point, Facebook had been down for six hours. Yes. The IT Corey is a filthy murderer and should be dropped. Hashtag justice for Seb. And it, it, we do this thing where the character's social media is mm-hmm. so on point that it's like shared 200 times. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that nobody's following her. Right. Roy tells Nina of ITV Stefan's warning, but Nina doesn't care. You have to there's be vocal just, about these things she says.
1: There's just that many people that just really hate Corey. <laughs>
0: apparently so. But Roy worries that she's putting her own future at risk. This is something that Nina's got to do. I've got to do it for Seb, she says.
1: Right. Uh, Yeah.
0: We then learn that ITV Corrie has made a statement at a press conference. They
1: threw this press conference together quite quickly, didn't they? Mm -hmm. For this guy who's never played before.
0: (laughs) And it's curious that he's sitting there on his own. There's no handler. The manager isn't there. There's no PR guy. It's just... No. Just... Corey looking like he's very ill
1: yeah
0: he looks like a prisoner maybe he's meant to look like that yeah
1: his head's all shaved because <clears> it does give
0: that It does, it does look evil he's done, a, he's done a really good job of looking evil
1: yeah and playing evil
0: right he's waiving his right to anonymity in it ITV Corey explains how Seb's family and friends are blackening his name when he repeats his innocence and understands the family's position and he bears them no will, no ill will he says yeah, fuck him. Nina blames herself for this, for provoking ITV Corrie, which I think she's right to blame mm-hmm. herself for that. Roy can see the toll this is taking and advises Nina, tries to get away for a while, and he suggests that they all go for a drive. But Nina has other ideas and she yes, leaves. all two of them. <laughs> so embarrassingly, Nina meets uh, journalist Chris at the bistro and tries to sell that ITV Corrie is really guilty after all, no, honestly, storyline. No chance, says Chris, and she leaves, he also has to explain to Nina that he's been found not guilty. Right. If I print the story, we get done for libel. Right. And this seems to be a surprise to Nina. Yeah. Kev is in Roy's roles when Nina comes in, blabbing about ITV Corrie's press conference, but Kev doesn't want to get involved in this anymore. Try calling Abby. She doesn't answer or reply, but give it a shot anyway, and Nina is furious and bitches about Chris at the Gazette who Roy says was quite right. Nina goes to the garage to apologise to Kev and finds him watching ITV Cory's interview. After he scored in his debut, hmm. he dedicates his goal to Seb's memory and Nina throws ah, up a bit and swears him. to kill ITV Cory. Yeah. So she goes back to Roy's roles and agrees that that wee driver, Roy, might be a belter of an idea. He tells her to go get Woody while he calls Shona over for cover.
1: But not like that.
0: Right. James and ITV Corey are dropped off on the street by a teammate.
1: Yeah, why Why is Corey being dropped off on the street? He doesn't live here. <laughs> why is he here?
0: ITV Corey knows James tried to get him kicked off the team. Ever been accused of something you didn't do, says ITV Corey? James is like, many times. Because I'm a gay black footballer.
1: Right. And,
0: and you're <laughs> a white privileged asshole.
1: Right, seriously, yeah, I... ITV Corey tries to equate them, mm-hmm. like they're they're in this together. They're they're brothers mm-hmm. again in arms, and it's like if this had happened, if their roles were reversed, James would have totally been sent down.
0: Oh yeah, without
1: without, doubt. without a doubt, without a doubt, and James ITV would Corey have
0: wouldn't have been stopped in his flash car. No, ITV Corey just wants a chance. And because of things that are going on in another storyline, James looks like he might be giving this some thought. So IDV Corey's in the community garden talking to someone on the phone complaining about James Gailey being shit at football. And oh, if you uh, didn't hate IDV Corey enough as it is.
1: Right, yeah, now you really just want to...
0: James Gailey. Oh, fucking
1: shit! Uh, it. It reminds me... Of in the in the late 90s when I was working as a nanny in Miami for this couple.
0: Did you always have jobs that rhymed? Not always. Okay. <laughs> Just that one.
1: <laughs> and uh, the dad was watching golf and uh, referred to Tiger Woods as N-word Woods and what yeah and i'm like i don't know if I I, I I don't know if i'm i'm happy with my work and with the people that i'm forced to live with as i as they pay me to take care of their children yeah yikes yeah so awful awful just want to punch him in the face already wanted to punch him in the face
0: <laughs> right so nina is and but your point remains: Why is he even hanging about here?
1: Right. Yeah, he doesn't live here.
0: Nobody around there likes him. Right. They all pretty much hate him.
1: Right. Why would he want to provoke people? Is it? Is it? Was his dad? Was he supposed to be meeting his dad there? Since his dad went to Roy's Rolls to yell at people? <laughs> I,
0: why? I'll be in the area yelling at people, son. Just hang about at the community garden. I'll pick you up later. Right. After, after I'm done yelling, yelling at, at people. people.
1: It doesn't make any sense that he would be there
0: because <laughs> Asha turns up and Asha tells him to fucking bolt. Right. But Nina is in Woody and sees him and she's revving the engine good still with her big Doc Martin boot. Roy comes out and demands a key offer. Maybe we'll skip this drive after all. So back in Roy's roles, Roy challenges Nina on her intentions in the car and she plays dumb. He says a life for a life isn't the answer and she needs to see someone to speak through this. She needs some therapy.
1: Well that's not foreboding at all.
0: No. She storms off and demands to be left alone. Yeah, there's no foreboding there whatsoever. No. On Wednesday, the back page of the Gazette is Cory, Cory, Hallelujah.
1: It's Cory, Cory, Hallelujah. Which isn't, you know, which, you know, you want to punch somebody in the face just because you hate Cory, but it's also a bit blasphemous, isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. Cory, Cory, Hallelujah.
0: I don't know. Also, we changed the words to Onward Christian Soldiers when we were in primary school to Onward Custard Sausages.
1: <laughs> also, that's the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And the Republic is us. You guys don't sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic, do you?
0: I don't think. Was the music written specifically for that?
1: Well, Glory, Glory, Hallelujah is it is from the song, the Battle Hymn of the Republic.
0: Well, then it can't possibly be blasphemous. So I think you've answered your own question. Hmm. Roy tries to hide it from Nina, but she's already seen it. Roy's still worried about her murderous thoughts from yesterday. She didn't do anything, so she insists that she's fine. Maybe focus on somebody who did do something for a change, Roy. If that is your real name. And she goes to leave. And as she's doing so, in comes Kev, who still hasn't heard from Abby, but knows that she's with a cousin in Doncaster, which probably means that she's with a nephew in Hull.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've been giving Kev such a hard time.
1: Well, as as you should...
0: Sally checks on Kev at the garage about Abby. It turns out that she's not responding to Sally's text either. And this gets Kev really wound up. Maybe she just needs some space. So Kev does that by calling her again and leaving another begging message.
1: Right. And that conversation between Roy and Kev just really got my ire up. Because that's when Roy says to Kev that, you know, why can't Nina just admit that she's powerless
0: do they feel like, I can't yes. that?
1: and it's like really <laughs> really you want to tell this this woman who's who's lost the love of her life that she's powerless well, yeah against against it and everything, and it's like you know if if they just if they sat her down and said, look, really, there's not much we can do, but let's Let's think this through. Let's think, what is something that we can do to make this better? Is there anything we can do to make this better? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a way that's not libelous. Right. Instead of telling her to just shut up and forget about it. <laughs>
0: Except you, you have no power. <laughs> in it. But she doesn't have any power in it.
1: Right. But she does have the power to do something. They just need to figure out something she can do that isn't libelous or murdering people. Herself, you know,
0: yeah, I, I can see Roy's point. She does, and, and this, and what she's trying to do, mm-hmm. which is to get Corey dropped from the team, banished from Weather County, mm-hmm. banished from Weatherfield, putting it jail, and probably killed. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't have any control over that,
1: right? But you know. It, There's still that bag out there somewhere. Why don't you say, hey, you know, why don't you see if you can dig up some more evidence? Why don't you go walk around there and see if you can find that bag? Is there something you can do to make things better besides me just constantly telling you to forget about the whole thing? Which is not helping.
0: At home, Jack has been doing some snooping online and has found Abby's cousin, thanks to some things the gods of plot made him remember in the night. Strangely.
1: Detective Jack, he should work for Amy and Addie's detective agency. He'll be their shaggy. <laughs> Kev,
0: Kev wants he's, he's scrappy do at the moment. <laughs> Kev, wants his pre-teen, Kev wants his preteen son to message this complete stranger. But Jack has gone one better and scraped his phone number from his LinkedIn profile. So Nina comes back to Roy's roles with some apology cake for Roy. He's touched but insists that he's frightened for her and Nina admits that she would have run ITV Cory down if it hadn't been for him. It's Roy that prevents her from doing something stupid because she loves him more than she hates ITV Cory. And that was nice. That was lovely. And it was kind of, it's the thought of you having to cope with me doing something that stupid mm-hmm. that stops me doing that thing that's stupid. Right. And he's like, well, what if I'm not here the next thing? Which is which is true, but let's focus also, on the positive yes, here a And bit. also the
1: thought of you is what makes her stop. Mm-hmm. Not just you being... You don't have to be there for her to think about you. You numpty.
0: At the garage on the phone, Kev gets to speak with Abby's cousin who hasn't seen or heard from her in years. Nice one, Jack. Kev wants to go to the police and report her missing. So Kev goes to the police station and gives them the story. Because Abby left Kev, she's not exactly missing, but they'll look into it. Have you got a photo? And, of course, he doesn't.
1: <laughs> I know, and it's, it was it was funny, you know, because the cop is, like, listening to him and everything, and he does it's ask so if he had, you know, if they'd had an argument or something, and he's like, well, yeah. And it's not until after that that he finally tells the cop, because I'd assumed he'd told the cop all about, you know... Seb, yep. Right. Beforehand, because this would be pertinent and important information... But no, it's not until he's gone through all of the whatever he's been talking about for a while to this cop.
0: These corns and just how his back's <laughs> playing up the, whenever it's going to rain. Oh yeah,
1: I'm, the reason why I'm concerned is because her son just was horrifically murdered and, you know, they let the guy off scot-free sort of thing. That would have been more important than, oh, you know, she went away and I don't know where she is.
0: mm Back at the garage, Kev is moaning to Tyrone. Why would Abby lie? Ty thinks that she just wants to get her head straight. And he tells Kev to get the photo to the police and he'll take care of the business. But then Kev gets an overdrawn message from his bank. Someone took two grand from his joint account. I was quite surprised that they had a joint account.
1: Yeah, we don't even have a joint account.
0: No. A joint account's a thing anymore?
1: (coughs) Seriously, I mean... Why would you need a joint account? If if the bills are getting paid, that's all that matters, right? right.
0: So Kev goes to a dodgy-looking pub called The Dog and Gun. And in The Dog and Gun, Kev swaggers in with attitude and wonders why no one cares to help him. Because he's like, Oi, oh you cunts, you seen yeah. her? Yeah. And nobody looks at him.
1: I like, I like that the barmaid... Thanks for your help. I like that the barmaid asks if he's Abby's dad. <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Then in comes Tez, this is Seb's dad. Yes. Buying rounds for the pub, and because the barmaid helpfully says his name, Kev recognises it and asks for a word. So he and Tez chat.
1: Are there are there no other Tezes in all of England? Just this one, one guy?
0: The, I thought one of the uh the prison folk one of the prison skinheads was Tez, wasn't it? I think he might be friends with him on Twitter. <laughs> anyway.
1: Is that the one with all the ink
0: on his face? Yeah, the guy with all the pen in his face.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, he claims to be just out of jail and hasn't heard from her. Kev's worried that she's fallen off the wagon after Seb died. And this is news to Tez, who is a little shocked by Kev's story. But he seems to be a typical man trying to swallow Mm. it down and not show his emotions to this stranger.
1: Yeah, this wouldn't be the way you'd want to find out that your son was dead.
0: No. So Tez gets a call from his probation officer. Even if you have been a shit dad. Right. And he says that he hasn't seen the papers or anything right. and stuff, which you think somebody in that pub would have. Yeah. But then he's lying, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Kev gets a call from his probation officer. A wink. So Kev leaves, but he seems to know that Tez knows more than he's letting on. And he's right to think that, because Tez is speaking to Abby and says that if Kev works out what's going on here, he's out. Mm. Then on Friday, Tim's at the garage complaining to Kev about little Tyrone's propensity to put barbecue sauce on his breakfast. Kev can't stand this conversation and pretends to go off on a call
1: Never, never move to America, Tim
0: <laughs> Yeah Things that I've seen at the breakfast table would <laughs> make your skin crawl Asha and Roy bump into each other and bring each other up to date with the plot Roy thinks that Nina's mind is just just about focused on the future now So later Asha drops into Roy's roles to say hey, just like she said she would do to Roy Hey, says Asha Hey, says Nina Hey, says Roy <laughs> So Kev is now Jack Bauer in 24 as he tails Tez to a dodgy bit of town and he's hiding behind his car, taking photographs with his phone as he watches uh, Tez exchange goods with a similarly dodgy character in the back of a van. <sighs> Kev follows Tez back to a lockup where drugs are being bagged up or put something. in bicycle frames or something. Kev takes another photo, but damn it, Kev, he's not put his phone on silent, so it makes the Camera noise mm-hmm. that Tez hears and spins around and sees Kev, who has to pretend uh, that he's checking to see if a light bulb's busting. or not. Funny,
1: funny that it did not make that camera noise when he was yak behind a car right. where a camera noise wouldn't have been detective.
0: Right. Detective?
1: Detected. Detected. Funny how that happens. Yeah. That it only happens when it's convenient for plot.
0: Goes to plot.
1: <laughs> see... I think what would have been better is if the flash had gone off because you wouldn't have needed the flash outside, mm-hmm. but inside taking those pictures, the flash would have automatically potentially come on.
0: That's Kev's face when he gets caught when he's like,
1: mm-hmm, like just... why would you even yeah. <laughs> Run, you idiot!
0: So he wants answers and doesn't believe Tez Who says that Abby is none of his business Now delete that photo and fuck off Says Tez but Kev's not scared I've been in plenty of fights before he says And he tells Tez that if he doesn't spill the beans That photo will wind up with his probation officer So Tez admits to seeing Abby But it was a couple of weeks ago and they didn't even talk She would cross the street to avoid him She hates his guts but Kev's not buying it Tez says that he has a wee girl now And they can't go back to jail And he begs Kev to delete the photos And this seems to be enough because back home, Kev brings Tim up to speed with his excitement of the day. He worries that Abby's back on the muck. So Tim drags Kev to Roy's for a cheer-up treat. Don't make me ask thrice, says Tim. <laughs> so after Tim's...
1: Thrice.
0: After that's, Tim's That's treat,
1: totally a Tim word, isn't
0: mm-hmm. it? So after Tim's treat... Kev calls Abby's phone and leaves a long, rambling message about how much he misses her and loves her and how he's reported her missing, by the way. And then we see Abby somewhere listening to it, alive and well, and still wearing her engagement ring.
1: And rolling her eyes.
0: And that's as far as we get with that this week. I liked the introduction of Tez. Yes. I thought it was quite an interesting character to bring in the Seb's dad, who I don't think we've ever seen before. No. We saw Seb's stepdad, who was a wrong one. Yeah when uh, Abby was proper on the muck. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've seen this character before.
1: No, and we have not. this
0: brings in an interesting dimension to where this is going. Yeah. Because if Abby's in cahoots with him, yeah, one would wonder or suspect that what they're planning is not, not exactly great. legit.
1: Not great for, for Corey. Right. Yeah. Because you have both of these people with nothing to lose, who's, who've lost their child. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's interesting that Tezzy's threat to Abby, though, was if he finds out what we're up to, then I'm Mm. out of it. Yeah. Does that make it, that makes it sound even, even more bad. Right?
1: Yeah. Because again, you know, he actually has something to lose, whereas Abby does not. Yeah. And, and his little girl. Right. Whereas Abby does not have any biological children and really doesn't care (laughs) whether or not
0: she sees Jack. She has the twins.
1: But she doesn't, because they're in Australia, yeah, and she's given them up already.
0: Yeah, but they're still biologically hers.
1: Right, but she doesn't have any biological children that she is going to see that she's taking care of.
0: No, no, she is very much at the uh, no shits to give, nothing to lose, right kind of stage here. Absolutely. This test character, as you said, he does because he's got a family and he's mm-hmm. got this threat. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if I believe that he was in prison. He probably was. Should we believe anything that he says? I don't know. I don't know why that's the thing that's truthful that he says to Kev. That doesn't make a huge amount of sense either. Yeah. So maybe there is no, well, there was no probation officer because that was Abby. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. Are, are we saying, it seems like like what we're getting to and what, we're, what the show isn't saying is that Abby is definitely planning to kill ITV Cory.
1: Yes. Or do some sort of damage to him. I really don't want him to be killed, though.
0: No, no, nor do I. It's that's not justice. Well, let's face it, and we're uh, still not entirely happy that Tim's dad's dead.
1: No, exactly. Or, or uh... Kez. Kez? Cal. Kaz. Cal. Cal. Is it Cal?
0: There was a Z in it somewhere, wasn't there? Was it Zep? <laughs> no, it wasn't Zep. Zippy? <laughs> that was it. Bernie's yeah. other half. Yes. Keks? No. Dex. <laughs> We've all got Come On Eileen in our heads now, haven't we? We do. <laughs> yeah, the show has a reputation and a, and a history of...
1: Just murdering the bad guys. Murdering
0: bad people. Which and, is not good. Right.
1: We want them to get their comeuppance. And especially in this case, because if Corey gets us, If Corey dies... Kelly stays in prison and is still marked a murderer for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. If Corey gets his comeuppance when new something, when the bag shows up or whatever, and gets a new trial and there's a you know and everything, and he gets sent down, then Kelly goes free, Mm. which is kind of what we want. I mean, she's not she's not entirely innocent, but. Fifteen years? No. Mm. We want we want her back out sooner than that.
0: Yeah. Before um
1: Don't even don't <sighs> even count
0: Sixty three That's not a good number. Moving on quickly. Our next story is Unlikely Proposal. On Monday Toya wants Erman to stay at home, but he's determined to get to work and keep Adam off his back. But not like that. She's worried that he's pissed off. Uh She's worried that he's pissed that she went to Sabine behind his back. Uh, but he insists not. And he understands why she did it. Right. So at the law office, Sabine drops in to see Imran and to see if he's changed his mind. Imran insists that he wasn't a bad boy, but she knows enough to know he's still lying and Toya is no soft touch. And she leaves a file for, the, uh, for him to check out right. from the Harvey case.
1: Yeah, he's like, you know... I didn't do anything and she's like yeah right like you didn't do anything to me and he's like yeah but i love toya
0: (laughs) yeah she tries to draw comparisons between right herself and and he's like don't you dare right don't you dare
1: yeah which you know fair point to sabine cheating is never good even if you don't love the other person
0: but not a good look no so sabine comes back and reveals that they're after sharon as the head honcho and claiming that Harvey was just an unwilling accomplice. <laughs> right. Because Kelly, ITV Corey, Sharon, Harvey, we have the same kind of dynamic in the relationship. There that, but-
1: and this also tells us that Sharon is still on the loose somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious.
0: She wants Imran to do some digging with Rita, Leanne, and Simon to get some info on Sharon. She reminds Imran that Sharon kidnapped Sam, so she's hardly an angel here. Get me that fucking info, she says. And then for some reason, Simon's having dinner at Imran and Toya's.
1: Well, Toya is his aunt. They're family.
0: Right. But the last, well, not the last that we saw, but.
1: The last time we saw them, they were like yelling at. He was yelling at them from the balcony.
0: (laughs) And they were ignoring him. Right. But then he, Leanne dragged him round to apologise. Right.
1: So. so everything's all better now.
0: On the walk home, Imran subtly mentions Sharon and how the police are looking for evidence for her. Simon says he never directly spoke to Sharon. They just had a burner phone that he spoke to uh, Jacob and Harvey with. Mm-hmm. So Imran asks for a cheeky wee shifty at because apparently this is not something that the police are aware of. No. Later, Imran hands over the phone to Sabine and thinks that's him done now sabine thanks him but doesn't think so besides isn't this fun she says i do like sabine
1: no it's not fun see i don't like her
0: I think she's great
1: i think you know i like her and i don't like her but also okay so he got this burner phone none of the information on that phone can be admitted into evidence if it's not something that the police have seen as well if they've been hiding something from the police in this investigation the police are going to say wait a second yeah, and Give me I, that wonder, phone. I
0: wonder if Simon wants that back at some point. Yeah. That's got my high-scoring snake on it.
1: <laughs> no, this is a burner phone. This isn't his regular phone. So Still? Why was he? Why does he even still have it, is my question.
0: Because it's high-scoring snakes on it. Imran <laughs> meets Toya in the <coughs> bistro and she floats the idea of getting back in the foster game with a younger model this time. By his face, she reckons that Imran's not keen but he says, you know what, let's go for it. Toya tells him he's a good man and he says that she makes him want to be a better man. And she says that's a quote from from a movie. And he says, yes it is. And the movie is as good as it gets.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yes. Do you know what disappointed me most about this storyline this week? What? We didn't get to see Taskmaster Adam berating Imran about how little work he does. Because <laughs> that that makes me smile does it yeah because it's not like adam would be so focused on the business but but now right af- but after months of having right. no help whatsoever on anything that he's doing now he decides right. to get sand yeah. under his foreskin about but it but
1: when it's but when it's imran doing the you know flaking off then he's like task task master so it's it's funny you know when he flakes off hmm gets all indignant when people point out that he's slaking off
0: now let's remember that sharon did assume control over the drug gang
1: yeah she has control of it now supposedly
0: the the other people within the drug gang they were fine with right just a change in boss right it's fine no one's tried to Whatever. fill the vacuum themselves right and they're quite happy for this six-year-old lady yeah. to be the the kingpin,
1: but didn't didn't some of them like object because they were like, "Well, wait a second, why why should you?"
0: I don't think we saw the minutes of that council meeting
1: because they were mad that she got them all involved and stuff. But it was really Harvey that had this whole plot and everything. You can't you can't possibly say, "Oh, Sharon was involved all along. That Sharon was the big kingpin," because it's so obvious that she was not. Right. I, it's just getting more and it more. It doesn't convoluted. help her case,
0: so that she now is that kingpin,
1: right? And also that she did have Sam abducted,
0: right? Yeah, that's not a great right. look. But
1: but on the on the flip side, Harvey wanted him murdered, so you know, potato potato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she does deserve to get arrested, right? Yeah, and brought to justice.
1: Why? Why have the cops not found her yet?
0: Cause she's she still in the area.
1: Right. She's got to be somewhere. She drove off with that van.
0: Is she doing the papers now for Rita again? <laughs> I don't know.
1: She drove off with that van. She couldn't have gotten that far. What? She's like in the Bahamas or something. Right. With her wee dog.
0: <laughs> We're no further forward in finding out where Imran spent the night after the verdict. But Correct. Does the fact that Abby's still wearing her engagement ring at least dows the flames of suspicion that the two of them maybe got it on. No. You don't think so?
1: No. I think you're reading a little bit too much in that engagement ring. It's quite possible that that's her real life engagement ring, that she just she's pulling a Peter Capaldi and just doesn't take it off. Because, you know, her soon-to-be spouse is is more important.
0: No, I'm giving the Continuity people are, a pass here. I, th- I think that's Kev's engagement ring, because I think that's there to signify that when she left Kev, it was all a ruse, and she still loves him and that's why she still wears the ring. Because if she didn't love him she'd have taken it off by now. Yeah. And I think if she cheated on Kev, she'd have taken it off by now as well. That's she, what that that's what I think. That's what I see in it.
1: She was a bit eye rolly with that stupid message that he left though. Well, oh,
0: Kev. And by the way, I didn't have a photo of you,
1: Abey. Never mind her dad; he's like her granddad.
0: <laughs> Shall we move on uh, to dealing with PC racism on Monday? <laughs> James gets home to find a letter from the police has arrived that everyone is standing away from like it's a bomb. Ed and Aggie watch on as James opens it up and finds out... Yeah,
1: Ed has left work to watch James open this envelope.
0: Finds out his complaint against PC racism has been upheld. And it's an official apology from the police. And PC racism has been executed. (laughs) If only. So Abby thinks James should be like a dog with two dicks about this, but James wonders what is going to change. Aggie points out that he stood up for what was right. He got an apology, and she's proud of her boy. Do you think this would have happened in my day? She says, mm-hmm. "You're making change here. Continue right. to make change. I'm so and proud I mean, of you."
1: Fair point, but it's it's really not hurting the police at all to write a letter with a formal apology to one person. No, it's it's not being publicized that they're they've issued this apology. Even though James got a lot of flack and this was like on video and stuff, you'd think that they would they think this is the thing you would call a press conference for.
0: <laughs> yes, we're the county. This is this is what should have been Right. Those media dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what that should have been thrown at of pounds.
1: Right. The police have issued an apology. James Bailey is our hero.
0: Yeah. So PC racism. We are not
1: racists. Look, we're we're supporting this guy now. Right. We're also not homophobes because we're supporting this guy now. Yeah.
0: Some but. of our best players are black and gay. So PC racism in the civvies goes to see James to explain away what really happened, repeating that James was driving erratically and was threatening.
1: He's like, yeah, but I wasn't. Yeah, ex- but can you name one thing that I said that was threatening?
0: PC racism admits that he can't remember what was said, and when he learned that James was a footballer he admitted that he didn't feel threatened, so PC racism goes home to have a good hard think about it.
1: Right? Yeah. After After he, he says blatantly to James, "I'm not a racist," mm. and James is like, "But you are. Yeah, you may not know that. You may not think that you're a racist. But that doesn't make you not a racist." I, th-
0: I think James said, "You might not be racist, but you're doing racist things, or something along those right, lines." Right, which
1: kind of makes you a racist. Makes you
0: racist. <laughs> On Wednesday. <sighs> At home, James has been speaking to the club's PR guy who has admitted that they weren't supportive enough and they want to make it up to him.
1: Yeah, because because the police have issued an apology now where the county. is like, oh, yeah, oh well.
0: Michael thinks this is great, but James doesn't want to be the only black guy in football who didn't like having racism thrown at him. It's not his problem, but Michael thinks he's a great role model. He has a platform. He should seize this opportunity. And the words, Steve is having an impromptu sports quiz with James and Michael and reveals to everyone's surprise that the first black player to get called up to the England squad was Jack Leslie in 1925. And you call yourself black people, says Steve.
1: <laughs> and yet Steve also like is a doubter about it because he's like, yeah, he was called up, but he never played because they found out that he was black. So. Yeah,
0: which means that they didn't know that he was black when they called him up. Right. It was 1925, different times. Steve is very keen to get the green light to call James a friend Otherwise he's only got Tim And James just smiles and goes home Right On Friday, James and Steve are continuing their sports trivia nonsense in Roy's Rolls. later James is bemoaning the small number of black managers in the Premier League Bango's my chance of managing, says a 20-something child with zero leadership skills Write an article about it, says Steve And I'm not (laughs) sure even he knows what he means by that
1: everybody just wants to write articles and it's such
0: chris the journalist is like i'm right here (laughs) this is my job
1: this is why journalism is dead because all of these people with, with no writing skills whatsoever keep writing things and posting them online
0: I blame Daniel vlogs. for us. this. is all Daniel's fault.
1: And for some reason get hundreds and hundreds of, of likes and, and replies and, and reposts. It's the most...
0: A million shares.
1: Unrealistic thing <laughs> in the show. And somebody once died with a blow dryer.
0: <laughs> so
1: And also, prisoners watched How I Met Your Mother. But only season
0: two. Was it season two or season one?
1: I think it was season two. <laughs> Which makes it funnier.
0: Yeah, because you don't know the premise. (laughs) Or or hint, you do know the premise. It says so right on the front. Uh. Anyway, I can go one better, (laughs) says James mysteriously. So James has a call with someone at Weather County and pitches the idea that everyone or all of the youth players or just the black youth players or something should get coaching lessons or something to help the black players develop. I'm not entirely sure what that was. At home, Michael has learned about James's idea of helping to get black kids involved in coaching. Aggie and Michael agree that this should be James's next step and he should be the next England manager. And later, James has been given the all-clear to work his coaching badges at Weather County. And I think Weather County just feel like they owe him one right, after yeah. the whole botched racism right. thing. I still don't think that they've done enough with the insidious nature of racism here no and the way that it's kind of been brushed under the carpet again it means that it means we're going to be we're going to be tackling that again in the future right and people are going to say oh not this again right well if we just deal with it properly right and really have a a a deep dive into it and 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 see how far this goes within weddy county and craig
1: and maybe and maybe make the di- make the dialogue and everything a bit more organic and not Steve just randomly starting a trivia spouting trivia questions about like the names of european teams and what city they they're in and then go from that to immediately oh well here's another one And you think he's going to to say another weird random name, but no, now he's going to ask when the first black player was called up. And it's like, really, how how does, how does one thing equate with the other? And then, and Roy's roles with uh, only 25% of players are, are, you Mm. know, black and everything. It's like, people don't talk like that. No. It sounds more like, you know, uh, from something from the ad council. People reading
0: lines from a script. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I found it interesting that, you know, while they do that, they don't say, you know James asks Steve if he knows how many managers are black. And Steve says like what does he say, twenty? And James says not. have ever get- done
0: it. Yeah, how many have how many have ever been right. a Premier League manager? And the Premier League's like twenty five years old or something. Right. Yeah.
1: Like. He's like he's like twenty and he's like Oh, not even, but then doesn't give a number. Mm-hmm. It's like you've done the the research team for a Coronation Street has done all this research about weird names for European leagues and the name of the first black guy called up to play and the percentage of players that are black, but couldn't couldn't find the number of how many black managers there have ever been.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> It was a bit of a gaping hole. And it did seem to be... Well, holes do gape.
1: Uh, choice of words there, Gav. No. Phrasing.
0: I'm going to stick by it. <laughs> and it's done... It's kind of Black History Month dialogue. Right. It's like, we need to put something in, so yeah. this'll do. Yeah. And I think it's that th- this'll do attitude to the, um, the comeuppance for racism, if we can call it, comeuppance. I, I really hope that that isn't end up that this is the end of the matter, but yeah. it feels like it is because he's got his apology. Uh, he's got what he wants from Wendy right. County now. He's, he's got a little initiative and a right. project to be working on that's going right. to make a difference, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, but I'm I, looking forward. I don't, forward. Know, we, I don't know that we've dealt with it.
1: I'm looking forward to the next season of Ted Lasso where there's a Coronation Street crossover and, and James joins. Yeah.
0: Now you've lost the, me. The,
1: the management team.
0: You've lost me. So <laughs> moving on then. Uh, uh,
1: but yeah, but more seriously, you're absolutely right. This is just going to go the way of Summer's Let's Get Men Talking About Suicide initiative mm-hmm. that she does, and then it's never talked of again, except when it's convenient to remember she does that thing. And,
0: and as you mentioned, things just kind of pulled from the ether that there's no dots to join. Right. When has James ever mentioned anything about coaching or managing? Right. We're led to believe that he's a young, he's a young player at the start of his career. Right. Who's thinking now about going into management?
1: Well, was it Michael? Somebody said to him that you know you 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 know you can't play forever. You know, that was this week. Yeah.
0: He's stolen his. Early 20s,
1: right? But he's just had this injury, and I think that may have that may be what the show is kind of hanging all of us on is that Uh, he's had this injury, and so that's made him think about his future a little bit more and what he's going to do after he's done playing.
0: Let's move on to Campaign Sally on Monday. Tim is collecting parked car number plates and nearly gets his head panned in by a tattooed bald man. Sally thinks that he deserves a pint, and on the way to the rovers, he spots, she spots the counselor's car from last week parked at a dropped curb. I am war, says Sally, and she smears boot polish all over her face. <laughs> then Sally sees Fergus, who does his best to run away. She tells him about the counsellor and the dropped curb, and talks Fergus into giving out a ticket.
1: Right, by using Izzy.
0: Later, yeah.
1: and Which is fair pointer, because mm-hmm. like, somebody in a wheelchair is not going to be able to get up on that curb now because Correct. of that car.
0: So, Sally's bought Fergus a coffee when the councillor tears him on on new arsehole for dishing out a ticket. Sally stands up for Fergus and puts the councillor in his place. Fergus is impressed, telling Sally if she was to run for mayor again, she'd have his vote. And this gives Sally some hmm. For thought. So, at Sally's, Tim is trying to talk... <laughs> what? Sa- uh, this is exactly what I've written. At Sally... Tim is trying to talk to Tim about her day and the counsellor and how she's missing having a cause to be passionate about and then she taunts Tim by telling him he can go to the pub when really he isn't allowed to go to the pub
1: that's what you wrote
0: yeah I think we get the gist of what that means (laughs) (laughs) On Wednesday, it's Tim and Sally's wedding anniversary. And Sally reminds him, it's a whole 18 months since I found out that you were a bigamist.
1: Right. She ignores
0: the card that he gave her for a letter from the council, letting her know that her parking proposals are being considered. She's thrilled and wants to share the news with Fergus. And poor Tim's card is shit. She doesn't
1: even... She opens the envelope. She looks at the front. She says, "Ah," and then drops it. She doesn't even look inside.
0: (laughs) Sally introduces Tim to Fergus in the pub. Fergus is weird and Tim is aggressively possessive about his wife and his sense of (laughs) humour. Sally sends him away while she and Fergus discuss their parking proposal. So then later, Sally arrives at the bistro where Tim is waiting for their anniversary dinner. It's the curry night. Tim is starving but Sally has something to say and then Fergus comes in. He'll be joining them. So sometime later and Tim is still waiting for his curry as Fergus talks about dog shite being smeared on someone's windscreen the other day. Could have been human, he says. Fergus realises that he's a third wheel here and finally leaves. But then Sally wants to get her hole, so Tim makes his order to go. And that's as Jack far as we get.
1: please.
0: Garçon. L'addition.
1: Yay.
0: That's as far as we get with that. Mm-hmm. It feels like another week where Sally with a cause is just fabulous.
1: <laughs> and also, you know, I like, I like, I like Fergus.
0: I'm growing to love Fergus.
1: I I like him. I like the inclusion of him. This is an inclusion that feels organic.
0: Mm-hmm. Organic is our word of the week.
1: It is our word of the week. And uh, you know, I'm just I'm just happy that the show is is giving him work since um, since his partner, aka Izzy, still can't really work. Oh
0: God, I forget that they're partners in real life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. His addition to this has been, I think, a stroke of genius. Mm-hmm. There's a little scene where he's reading the map and his glasses fall down from the top of his head. Uh-huh. And it's brilliant. Right. And I don't know if it was planned or not.
1: Probably not.
0: Probably not. But it's just, that is Fergus. That yes. Is, and his little quips and what he does. He's kind of like a mini diluted version of Roy to mm-hmm. a certain extent. He's yes. kinda in the Roy mould. Yes. Which is one of those
1: He's if Roy and Mary had a baby
0: <laughs> That grew At an exponential rate <laughs> Correct Yeah, I think he fits in
1: Either that or Roy really needs to be in jail He
0: fits, oh, he fits in perfectly To The, the vibe of right, the And the dynamic and the of the street, of the street. Yes. I, think and I think he's a he great brings, addition
1: He brings humour Into a show that's just really become Kind of humourless
0: well, wasn't In many a lot, ways. Wasn't an awful lot to laugh at this week. No, and this this was one of them. Right, and even that we didn't get an awful lot of it. Right, yeah, absolutely genius. And it's interesting though that the parking, the parking problems that we were talking about, don't really affect another storyline that we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're a little bit selective about our parking problems. Aren't we? Right, that's 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 fine. fine.
1: It's fine. Well, maybe that's why they had to park there. In that other storyline. Uh, good point. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I like this. I like where this is going. And I do think that we're getting to a point where Sally's name is going to end up on a ballot at some point. Yeah, for something. Right, I don't know what, but...
1: It almost makes me want to run again.
0: Oh, let's almost. back away from that. <laughs> right. Our next storyline is Summer in Oxford. On Monday, and Roy's role, Summer is working on her uni application opening statement. Addie tries to help with some Disney quotes. Not... Quotes from Disney movies, but from, quotes from the Walt actual Disney. Walt Disney, yes. But Summer has a Zoom meeting with her uh, Oxford mentor later, anyway. Summer says mentor funny. So, in the Zoom meeting, the mentor is advising Summer to keep her options open regarding which unit she goes to. Maybe she doesn't go to Oxford after all. And then Addy arrives with a charger and sticks his face into the call, uh, bigging Summer up. Embarrassed, Summer tells him to fuck off. She really wants to go to Oxford, she says. Mm. I'm I'm not really considering anywhere else. So later, Addy apologises. No harm done, though. Summer has seen her mentor's application and thinks it's miles better than anything that she could have done. Addy points out that thick twats go to Oxford too and Summer is well smart. Right, yeah. So Wednesday, Summer and Addy bumping each other in the street. She's still working on that personal statement and wishes there wasn't so much riding on it. At Dev's, Addie is revising corn laws. I'm not sure what that is. Summer heads off to get ready for their dinner date, but she leaves her bag behind and Addie goes to pick it up and knocks it over. And wouldn't you know it, two personal statements drop out of it, one written by Summer and one written by her mentor, and they're exactly the same. Yes. Summer is a plagiarist and not a very good one. Addie says, not cool.
1: Summer is a bad art friend.
0: I right. I thought what was going to happen there was that Addy was going to put his fucking nose in where it's not wanted, mm-hmm. and either swap them over or rewrite it himself and put mm-hmm. it in and do something like that. No, I knew, but that's not Addy. No, that's not Addy, and I'm glad that that's not Addy. Yeah, Addy was horrified that this is plagiarism. Right, and I yeah. love Addy for that.
1: Yes, I yeah, I knew that Summer plagiarized when when she says to Daniel before this happens when she when she bumps into daniel and she says and he asks how it's going and she's like well i've 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 rewritten it you know thanks for your help thanks for all that time you spent with me Mm -hmm. but i decided to go back and rewrite the whole thing after speaking to my mentor that's when i was like oh she just slapped her name on her mentor's personal statement
0: that's exactly what happened yeah so summer comes back for their date, and Addie challenges are about copying her mentor uh, Summer initially denies it But then when she can't really continue to do so Without looking like a complete tool She runs away Daniel finds Summer on Maxine's bench And she comes clean She was worried that she wasn't clever or witty enough for Oxford Now she doesn't want to be a fraud and go Daniel offers encouragement She's dead bright, which is what Addy said She promises to go and uncopy her personal statement Be yourself, says Daniel helpfully no, mm-hmm. so someone is pincered by Billy and Addy in the street But before they can get stuck in here, She yeah. admits to her feeling and promises that she'll be rectifying it pronto
1: And again, this is such, you know It's such an Addy, a stand-up Addy thing to do That he was concerned, so he went to Billy you know, and <laughs> didn't to worry, the adult in the situation Right, yeah, and didn't worry about being pegged a
0: Grass or, right. a, or a clipe
1: Yeah he doesn't care. He cares about summer and mm-hmm. so is going to do the thing that's best for summer because Addy is the best. Addie is the best, which just makes me not want to read or look at spoilers.
0: You keep your fucking hands off, Addy.
1: Yeah, that's that's our statement. That's our statement. You keep your fucking hands off, Addy. He's a treasure. Do not hurt this child ever in this show. You keep your fucking hands off him. Seriously. We're, we will not stand for this. No. However, his, his ins- I will
0: write a stern letter.
1: However, his Instagram posts with his girlfriend are very cute.
0: On Friday, Ma-
1: he's Instagram official with Stop his real life girlfriend. No, it's not
0: On Friday, creepy. Max is still struggling at school and Daniel <laughs> notices them staring out the window all this and Max doesn't think he's ever going to need to know Shakespeare and challenges Daniel to name a career where it'll be useful. Daniel can't and thus I doth do one, says Max. And he leaves, which was See, that brilliant. was funny.
1: But fucking Daniel, it's like when a kid says something like that to you, what you say is, well, it's not, but the theme's... And everything in Shakespeare are things that continue to happen in real life, and it helps you with critical thinking.
0: Daniel had answered the question already. It's about analyzing text and interpreting text. Right. And it's about the interpretation. So there's anytime you have to read something. Right. This is going to help you.
1: Yeah. So the fact that he is like looking at Max like a dazed deer—it's just <laughs> ridiculous.
0: Later, Daniel has read over Summer's personal statement and thinks it's perfect. He's glad he was able to help someone. And at her prompting, he goes on to complain about how Max has still been a wee shite who refuses to learn. Summer offers to mentor him. It'll look good on her CV. Mm-hmm. So at Roy's rolls, Billy is very impressed with the personal statement. In comes Addy and says that they should celebrate. Summer would love to, but she's agreed to mentor Max. <laughs> she tells him to come round later and they can go bowling. And by bowling, she means bowling.
1: Right. Yes, and, and Billy tries to be funny and and insinuate himself into that, mm-hmm. you know, and then he's like, ah, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, whereas Addie's like, uh, I guess you could come. Right. <laughs> because Addie is a treasure.
0: So someone is explaining atomic properties to Max, who is trying not to blink. She inadvertently gets him interested and in they have a discussion about it, upon which David walks in with a shit-eating grin on his face and looked a little bit creepy. None of this, though, helps Max understand Shakespeare.
1: No, yeah, this is helping him with his science. Right. So apparently he's doing bad at everything.
0: <laughs> Remind you of anyone? No. Summer is in Roy's roles boasting about her progress with Max to Billy and Addie. Billy is excited about a church litter picking event called Picklet. And Summer volunteers so it'll look good on their application, but then is appalled when Billy actually wants her to do it. Crisis is averted when Addie agrees to do it too.
1: Because Addie is a treasure.
0: <laughs> Addie and Summer are out picking up litter, and David comes along and expresses how grateful he is for Summer's help. And when she agrees to make it a continued effort, mm-hmm. he offers her a free haircut at a barber's whenever she wants. <laughs> and that's as far as we get with that this week.
1: Uh... All and a right. supposedly
0: clever girl, she keeps on doing stupid things.
1: Right, well, she's book smart, not street smart. I'm concerned about two things. I'm concerned that there's going to be a hot for teacher aspect in all of this at some point. With, with Summer developing feelings for Daniel. <sighs> and also, I'm concerned about a hot for teacher storyline where Max Max has feelings for Summer.
0: And Summer has feelings for Daniel.
1: Poor Addie. Although it's kind of surprising because we do know that Summer likes bad boys. So maybe maybe she should be with Max.
0: She does like bad boys. She prefers them with bad haircuts though. Yeah. And Max's haircut isn't that bad.
1: Right. And whereas Addie's hair is glorious.
0: (laughs) Right. Daniel's hair is Meh. That's adequate That's number four He on got rid of the poster, beard isn't it?
1: So we should be happy
0: is right. <laughs> <laughs> the best boyfriend But he did look like he was a bit jealous Of Max getting Summer's attention Right, Which I, I agree I, I think can that kind of
1: understand that didn't, didn't Max at some point When they were younger have a crush on Summer I
0: don't remember, I don't recall that Who knows well, Something very... was mentioned though Somewhere about that
1: We very rarely see these kids interacting with one another.
0: Right. It stands out when it happens. Yeah. And the fact that David's so shit-eating, grun happy about it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because this kid is finally, like, interested in something.
0: Now we're giving Jack P. Shepard some lines about this. Mm -hmm. This makes it, I guess, more of an important, or it boosts up the kind Mm -hmm. of likelihood of this happening, I think.
1: As he descends his own stairs of discovery. (laughs) Right. To see his child equating electrons with football, with football.
0: Our next storyline, our penultimate storyline, no less, huh? What? what? Daisy chain <laughs> on Wednesday. It's back. It's back, y'all. On Wednesday, Daniel bumps into Ken and Devs, and Ken asks how his relationship with Daisy is going. Daisy says it's early days, and he's that wanted to take. Daniel them slow. says it's early days. Who did that say? Daisy. <laughs> Daniel says it's early days and he's wanting to take things slow after that time he rushed into proposing to Bethany by calling her Sinead. Very wise, says Ken. Oh, and thanks, by the way, says Daniel, for not telling me that I'm punching.
1: Right. And also, Ken uses this opportunity to slag off Americans again.
0: Yep. So Jenny is with Daisy and Roy Fuck Bowles you, Ken.
1: What did we ever do to you?
0: While Daniel fights with his man bag. Jenny doesn't think that Daniel's a good match for her. She's right. Daniel is heading out, and when Daisy asks if he has any plans, Daniel tells her that he's busy with work. He's got to wash his hair. Daisy can't believe what just happened. So in the Rovers, Daisy's worried that Daniel might be gay because she (laughs) laid it on the plate and he ignored it. He's a six, six and a half at best, and here's me a ten. Nothing wrong with your self-esteem, says Jenny, and just at that, The sinkhole repair guy comes in and Jenny comes in her pants a wee bit. And this brings us on to this week's Hard Debate. Daisy reckons that Daniel's a a 6.5 at best compared with her 10, but what ranking would you give the pair of them combined?
1: This was hilarious.
0: 0 to 8 points? 9 to 14 points? 15 to 20 points? Or 10.5 if we throw in Leo? (laughs) which is the sinkhole repair sinkhole repair guy Mm -hmm. real name
1: is Joe Frost
0: which is super nanny (laughs) anyway we digress and we digress so the two of them together the two of them together I don't know I think somewhere in the middle is where I would have went the 9 to the 14 the voting though was (laughs) thus Ten and a half if we throw in Leo five percent. Nine to fourteen, which I think is probably where I would've went, seventeen and a half percent. So we're left with zero to eight and fifteen to twenty, which is the lowest and the highest. highest. That's what split the vote. Hmm. So you either love them or you don't. Mm -hmm. Which I guess makes sense. Fifteen to twenty, thirty seven and a half percent, zero to eight, forty (laughs) percent. So that's the winner and that is the official line now
1: well so would that make them both a 4?
0: no I think uh, well I think it depends I think it makes one of them a 7 and one of them a 1
1: I don't think that's fair to either one of them
0: no because I don't think either I don't think individually they're not ugly people no neither of them are No. so if it was based on that
1: and what's ugliness and beauty anyway exactly right right and a Weatherfield ten would be like <laughs> a New York two, so yeah, maybe or an LA two. So yeah, five, Jenny, Jenny I think
0: spe- were five, LA five. Gen- Jenny speaks to the sinkhole guy LA. on Daisy's behalf. His name's Leo, but not Leo Seer, and he's got work in the area in the next couple of weeks, and that's why he's there.
1: Right to fix the sinkhole
0: in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he's not doing it now. He's going to be doing it in a couple of weeks. Well, so why he'll he there? be
1: there for the next couple of weeks. I think he's starting now and he'll be there for the next couple of weeks because it's a big hole
0: <coughs> So
1: it <that> needs filling.
0: <laughs> Leo's the guy to do it. Yeah, that's right. So he leaves and Daniel comes back and having more issues with his man bag and gravity. Jenny reiterates that a widower with a two-year-old kid isn't Daisy's bag. But Daisy makes another move and Daniel gets a call from Ken. The two of them talk about a Ken Burns documentary on Hemingway and Daisy runs off to a nunnery.
1: Right. And and rightly, Jenny gives Daisy the eye saying, really? Right. Really? Mm-hmm. You want to sit down and watch a Ken Burns documentary on Hemingway?
0: She doesn't want to do that.
1: Wait, that, that, but doc- that documentary series is...
0: 90 hours like,
1: long. Yeah, and like six months old. You can't find a a boring documentary even more recent than that? Coronation Street Writers?
0: So now it seems that Daisy wants Daniel not for his money, but because he doesn't want her.
1: Maybe it's a little bit of both. And also she kind of seems to actually like him because he doesn't want her. Yeah, maybe. But it's also confusing because he's like, well, I want to take it slow with her. And yet it's just constantly... Brushing her off Yeah, taking it of slow
0: and grinding it to a halt
1: Yeah, two different things mm. there, Daniel
0: On Friday, Jenny's telling a story about being mistaken for a dog When Leo comes in He's all charming to Jenny, who chooses to, to ignore this And tells Daisy to go serve him and chat him up Later, Jenny continues to chat up Leo inadvertently, calling him fit And using a ruse of a future couples night at the Rovers Jenny establishes that Leo is single And asks if he wants to partake in a beer sampling later Leo senses he's on for a threesome and agrees. (laughs) So Jenny continues to push the benefits of Leo to a disinterested Daisy who thinks that Jenny should heal thyself given the state of affairs with Ronnie who's still with Debbie at this point. Jenny and Leo are enjoying themselves tasting beers through the back of the Rovers later. Jenny tries to set Leo and Daisy up but when Daisy claims to be tired Mm -hmm. Leo then leaves. And I think it's very obvious to anyone watching this that Leo doesn't fancy Daisy. No, he Leo fancies, fancies Jenny. Jenny. And Daisy's pretending to play it cool. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yeah. Why does Jenny not notice us? Because it's so obvious.
1: Well, because because she's desperate to get Daisy off of Daniel. And also because whereas men think that they're attractive to women half their age, Women don't necessarily pick up on that or expect it and are surprised by it.
0: I don't think Leo's that young.
1: He's younger than Jenny. He's closer to Daisy's age. You think? Yeah.
0: I don't think it's that remarkable.
1: Well, you wouldn't.
0: (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? (laughs) Yeah.
1: You have young women throwing themselves at you all the time. (laughs) All
0: the time. It's a, it's a curse di- It's a curse
1: Or you did back when we used to go to restaurants with waitresses
0: Yeah, that's never a thing though Not totally never a counts. thing But then, anyway <clears throat> It seems like an odd story to carry on in the next week The fact that it's really Jenny that Leo is interested in Right But I think the payoff for this is when Daisy realises this Yeah She's not going to be happy No because here she is. She's stuck in the Rovers now. She hasn't really had. Well, she had Ryan, right? For she a did brief and she spell. didn't even really
1: want him. No, because so, it was easy to get him.
0: So all she's really been there for is to disapprove of Johnny,
1: right? And to really break done. that up so that Jenny and Ronnie could, you know. But then Ronnie went to Debbie, which I thought that that wasn't actually a thing.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure,
1: but apparently it is. Uh, I think I think uh, the whole Leo and Jenny thing, though, is going to remind Ronnie of what he wants, what he really, really wants.
0: I think it's going to remind Johnny of that as well.
1: Yeah, because Johnny comes back and they have, you know, they're talking and and he gives Jenny an open invitation to come visit him with biscuits, Giribaldi, biscuits. She,
0: she wants to. Help him decorate the place.
1: Yeah, she wants to bring over some frilly pillows.
0: And but not like that. And <laughs> he just wants biscuits. Yeah, that's so it's a kind of nice little end to that that relationship, if that's what it is. But I mm-hmm. think he's going to feel a little jealous to see Jenny right. moving on.
1: Yeah, although he gave Ronnie his blessing. So, but I think the fact that it's moving on with a much younger man is going to Right. affect both Ronnie and Johnny.
0: Moving on to our final storyline And somebody today. else
1: whose who's last name whose name ends in a knee. <laughs> we'll have to find one. Jo- Johnny? If, Ronnie? If it, if it rhymes, that's
0: fine. It doesn't yeah. Our final storyline today is Curry Wars. On Monday, at home Zidane is disappointed to learn that they're low on bookings for tonight and he tells his grand how to suck eggs by saying that they don't make as much from takeaway as they do from punters who come in and sit down at the table right he has an idea to bring those punters in Debbie's in the rovers bitching to Ronnie about ITV Stefan when Zidane comes in loudly asking to put flyers up for a special event Debbie quizzes him and learns that Speed Dial is having a tasting night tomorrow should be smashing so Speed Dial, Yasmin is sampling the menu and thinks it's top notch and then Alia comes in with some bad news the Bistro is also doing a curry-themed tasting menu cheaper than theirs and giving away some free booze as well and they quickly realise that Zidane has blabbed to the fucking competition. Oh, pig's tits, says Zidane. Zidane determines to have a word with Debbie about this despite Yasmin's advice to just suck it up. So he goes to the Bistro and accuses Debbie of stealing their idea. Debbie calls it a healthy competition and refuses to move her event. Zidane calls them a novelty act while Speeddal is the real deal. Then you'll be fine, says Debbie, and she bids him a good day, sir. I said good day.
1: I said to you good day.
0: Zidane gets back from his meeting determined to metaphorically kill the bistro by contacting their suppliers and ordering only the very best. Alga has her doubts, but Yasmin thinks it's great that Zidane, here and all, are back. On Wednesday, Speed bookings are actually down after Zidane's promotion. Good work, Zidane. He hopes for walk-ins. Yasmin is more worried about walk-outs. Mm-hmm. so Dan goes out to drum up business yeah she seems tells she to think, me to blitz the socials she
1: seems to think that if people walk in and it's not busy and packed to the walls
0: that they're gonna walk out somebody's got to be the first person that comes in
1: right yeah and also i would i walk out if you know it's balls to the wall in a restaurant
0: because
1: mm-hmm. i don't want to be at a packed place and i'm gonna have to stand around and wait to get a table no. I, I walk in and it's Like, mostly empty. I'm like, great. Perfect. Seat Mm -hmm. me now.
0: (laughs) On the street, Zidane winds up Debbie and her generic curry night. She's just happy the good people of Weatherfield have a choice. Big spenders gonna spend. And she even takes some of his flyers for her tables, which just rubs it in a little bit.
1: Right. Yeah, but also seems very suspicious. And I don't know why he gave
0: her those. No. (laughs) For somebody who's Because where they're going is the bin.
1: For someone... Well, it's going to... Her having the phone number and finding out what their menu is going to be, and everything. she
0: had that number anyway. Sure. Right. It's outside well, the still. Restaurant, for fuck's sake.
1: Um, yeah. For somebody who claims to be such a smart businessman, Zidane is just thick as a brick. Sometimes. Yep.
0: Later, the speed dial bookings have picked up, and Zidane has got the Weather Gazette food critic coming in, but Yasmin has awful news. Navid, the chef, has called in sick with shingles, and now they're woefully short-staffed. We'll just have to knuckle down and get on with it," says Yasmin. Teamwork makes a dream work," she says.
1: Do you think Naveed is old enough to have shingles?
0: Yeah, as long as he's had chickenpox.
1: Right, but that's that's the thing. He seems, he seems young enough to have gotten the chickenpox vaccine, which would mean that he wouldn't have never gotten chickenpox as a child.
0: Well, he. He doesn't have shingles as we find out.
1: Well, yeah, but still, it seems it seems like a weird thing to claim to have, to call out for one day.
0: Teresa Miles, the Weather Gazette food critic, shows up to an empty restaurant. Where is everyone?
1: I like her glasses.
0: Zidane suddenly twigs. All those bookings, they've been had. So he and his unmovable hair that not even like an escape go off to shout at someone about it. And he chooses to shout at Debbie, accusing her of making fake bookings. Then he spots that they're seven, his food... And then who comes out with the kitchen? It's Navid. So much for the shingles. So Zidane sacks Navid on the spot.
1: Right, because Debbie has only hired him for the night to uh-huh. do this cooking. Debbie's constant doubling down on this is it really bothers me.
0: Doubling down on the curry night.
1: Right. Yeah, and just always just one upping and one upping and one upping and just like slagging them off. Con- you know. It would have been one thing to, oh, they're having a taste, a special tasty night. I'm going to book a special tasty night on the same night. But then she makes it also curry, which is something that they don't do at mm-hmm. the bistro. And then she books all these fake tables and then she steals their chef. It, it just, it feels like overkill. as Just a wee bit.
0: I kind of get the whole... Let's steal their chef because we don't know how to make curry. Right. And you're thinking, well...
1: Then maybe you shouldn't show, have had a curry night.
0: And move, surely moving
1: Danny the, knows how to make a curry. I mean, you know how to make a curry.
0: Fuck off with your... Even you know how to make a curry, shite. <laughs> it, takes, it takes time and it takes getting it wrong a few times. As we... As we know from our friendly chefs down at Craftgo, uh, when they mm-hmm. did their curry sauces on on the chicken wings, mm-hmm. they were good, but they weren't what they said it was. Right, Their korma tastes more like chicken tikka and their chicken tikka tastes more like madras. And right. it takes a little bit of finessing and getting it right if you're not brought up with that cuisine because this right. is the first time any of them had made that curry sauce right so debbie finds herself in a situation where no one in her kitchen has made a curry sauce before mm-hmm. so, she has to, so she has to go and pinch Navid. but zidane gave her the option or made the suggestion of moving her her curry night mm-hmm. which would have given her time to at least have a dummy run and, and see how it went but no She's having it tomorrow. So she she's just made this impetuous decision to have a curry night the next day. Right, and yeah. And then realizes that she's neither, they're neither skilled nor equipped do to do so. I'm going to do a tasting
1: menu and I'm also going to steal your cuisine. But then she's like, you know, we all have our niche on the street. You know, we all fulfill a need. It wouldn't help the bistro at all if Speed Doll shut down and was just an empty storefront. No. That's, that's not going to help you at all. No. So why do it?
0: On his way back, Zadine runs into Billy and asks if he's still running that soup kitchen thing or did he close the whole thing down and burn the plans when it looked like Todd was (laughs) going to be volunteering there? Back at speed dial, Alia's explaining to the critic that they're just getting back on their feet and asks that she isn't too harsh in their review. That's good when you ask the critic not to be too harsh, but Mm -hmm. that bodes well. Then Zidane arrives with some homeless people to get some free food.
1: Oh, just one homeless man who's picking up the free food to take to the homeless people.
0: Debbie Webster has not won the war. On Friday, at Roy Rolls, Alia and Zidane are talking about hiring for Speeddal. Bernie offers her services. She says it's not the first time she's had people drooling over our bunas. Yes. In comes Jasmine.
1: And and Alia and Zidane throw up in their mouths a little bit.
0: In comes Jasmine with news that the review is in the paper. And it's a mostly positive review, but complains about the lack of atmosphere mm. and all the homeless people. Zidane is there's desperate one. to get revenge on Debbie and Yasmine reckons that there's more than one way to fuck a chicken. <laughs> uh, a speed dial Yasmine. to death <laughs> and then eat it oh. a speed dial Yasmin and Alia agree eat it Alia agree was that, Charlotte is was,
1: rolling in her grave
0: they want Naveed the back at least bits of her and they agree that it's her restaurant so if Zidane doesn't like it he can shove it up his arse alright
1: up his arse
0: then they're distracted by a beeping from the street So Dan has only gone and hired a food truck that he's reversing into place. Aya thinks it's a great idea as long as this isn't about a trade war with the bistro. But that's exactly what it is. Mm. At the bistro, Danny and Debbie are stealing ideas from other people's restaurants' websites when Ronnie comes in to tell Debbie about the food truck that's parked outside. I like that detail of Danny and they're they're looking at a random restaurant and trying to pluck good ideas from it. Stuff, what, what See, I
1: thought it was a website for a um a booze distributor.
0: No, because they it, were
1: just talking about alcohol, and there was no food in that on that website. That was it was a restaurant website. I thought it was a booze distributor. Oh well. I liked the 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 witty repartee about sparkling red wine, though. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between the generations here between Debbie, who's Gen X, late Gen X and and danny who is not a even a millennial i say a he's gen manual. z and like the difference hmm. i bet debbie doesn't even eat avocado toast
0: <laughs> <laughs> debbie rushes out and tells them to move it or she'll call the authorities that van is a hazard like your fucking expression says Edan, and everyone <laughs>, laughs apart from debbie or anyone Then Yasmin is serving a customer when Zidane comes downstairs to refresh supplies, and he's shocked to discover that the customer is his father-in-law, Hashim, who I don't think is actually named, but that's his name, who Yasmin doesn't know. Privately, Zidane tells Hashim that he thinks that they're even after that beating that he took. Well, maybe for cheating on my daughter, but not for stealing 50 grand, he says. And Zidane plays dumb, but Hashim knows that he was taking money over an extended period of time. Clever boy, he says, in mm-hmm. a true baddie fashion. Right, yeah. Zidane says it was just what he, he was owed, but Hashim doesn't care. 50 Mistaking grand,
1: him for a velociraptor.
0: 50 grand back today, <laughs> right. female yeah. velociraptor. Mm-hmm. 50 grand back today, you prick, or I'll take your business. So Debbie renews her complaint to Alia and Zidane about the truck. Alia tells her to get to fuck, but Zidane is having second thoughts and doesn't want the council involved. Zidane is phoning around for short-term loans when Yasmin is chuffed that the food truck thing has been knocked on the head to placate Debbie. Talk of the devil and Debbie arrives. Yasmin manages to uh, gently chastise Debbie for all her antics the other day and gets an apology. They all agree to work peacefully together in future. There's room for both businesses. So back home, Hashim drops in on Zidane and tells him that if he can't pay up today, then he's going to have to get some value out of the speed dial business by laundering his money through it. Zidane can't do that, he doesn't even do the accounts (laughs) You're a resourceful boy, says Hashim, figure it out
1: So, he has a restaurant, right? Hashim has a restaurant out of his own and was basically using Zidane as slave labour for it Right But he's also some underground thug
0: He was a gangster, we knew he was a gangster They said a few weeks ago that it turned out that my father-in-law was a gangster That was after the beating, I think
1: but he also has a restaurant. He must be laundering money through that restaurant as well. It's it's the Bada Bing of... You were told so, right? Yeah.
0: So later, Jasmine is lying on thick about how proud she is of Zidane and how he handled the debut situation. And when he tries to tell her about Hashim's demands, she gushes that he's the restaurant saviour, which makes it harder when Hashim calls to find out if Zidane is in and he has to say yes. And that is how we end this week's episodes. Yes. Cause the whole problem is getting the fifty grand back. Did right. Speed Down need fifty grand exactly?
1: Well, that's how much was stolen. That's how much was stolen, right?
0: We, d- we never find out how much was stolen. It was just a bunch. All the m- all the money out of the business account was taken. We don't know how much it was. Zidane arrives and says, "I'll throw fifty grand into it.
1: Right, and that covers it.
0: But would fifteen
1: covered it? No, probably not. But
0: fifteen grand this wouldn't also- have covered it.
1: Of all of the money for the business?
0: I probably wouldn't have made it up, but it would have been enough to get back on their feet.
1: Yeah, I suppose. uh, It's also really confuses me because we were kind of assuming that Zidane knew about the whole bank thing.
0: We thought that he was a guy who stole the money. Right. It doesn't look like that's the case. And then just gave
1: the money back. Right. So that leaves that kind of open, on, you know, who, is it just some, are we to believe that it was just some random Person that did that on the day that Zidane just happened to come back and offer the money to them. Mm-hmm. None of that makes any sense. No, <sighs> there's something we're not we're not seeing yet.
0: It feels like if this becomes a thing and he starts to launder money through the business, he's going to get caught. Yeah, and once he gets caught, if the police are involved. That's kind of it for Speeddal. Yeah. And I don't want to see Speeddal. No. Because it's...
1: How uh, many times has Doll been threatened?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're constantly getting threatened. By bad men. Just let them... Why, why does Roy never have these problems?
0: <laughs> and I don't know how they're having cash flow problems because Billy is never out of the place. <laughs> Between him and the Flitzy's face, filled with two L's.
1: Right. Th- th-
0: those two on their own are propping that business up.
1: Yeah, it didn't seem... It 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 doesn't seem believable when there's nobody in that restaurant except for the reviewer. Nobody showed up to Speed Doll to eat that night. Everybody went to the bistro. Really? The
0: bistro's that good?
1: Everybody's just lured in by one free beer. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. You go and you get your free beer and then you go to speed for a proper curry. Right. Because it is like going to our other restaurant in town, Darbs. Mm-hmm. It's like going there for a Mexican food when there's a little Mexican restaurant just across the street. Right. Would you really go for the... Run by actual Mexicans. Right. Would you, which would you prefer to have? Right. Because I'm guessing one of these places know what they're doing. Right. And that's the same thing there. And especially with curry. You don't want to... No. I don't think I've ever had a curry in a generic restaurant before. All the curries no. I've had are in Indian restaurants.
1: Right, yeah.
0: At curry restaurants. Curry houses. That's where you go for a curry.
1: Right. And occasionally a Chinese restaurant or a Korean restaurant will have curries as well.
0: Yeah. They'll have their, um, what do you call it, katsu.
1: Right. Or a curry because you can get a uh, green curry. At our Chinese. Yeah, it's a little different more Thai, though. but yeah, right. sure. Yeah. And like my that's, favorite Korean place, Charlie Kang's, has, you know, the, the Korean dishes are after they put the, chi- on the menu, which is like five pages long, they have the Chinese stuff and the Japanese stuff. And then it's like at the end is where they have all the Korean stuff because mm-hmm. they know that most Americans would prefer Chinese food or Japanese food because they're more aware of it, mm-hmm. I think. And they know how to pronounce it.
0: It's half the battle sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that it feels like we're kind of starting down a line that that leaves no much, no real escape route for mm-hmm. Sweetdough, which is a shame, and it's all Zidane's dance fault.
1: Yeah. Money laundering, though, that's something we haven't done yet.
0: Not for a while. No. I think some money's been laundered to the bistro before. Oh, well, there we go. The money's been laundered to the bistro before and the bistro's still there. Yeah. Just changed hands.
1: Right. Who would run Speed Doll if it wasn't Zidane and Yasmin and Alia? Although Yasmin and Alia aren't involved. Mm-hmm. It would just be Zidane. Who They'd got... have
0: to plead ignorance to it. Right. Hmm.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because this show that Benny watches is, is on my block show. They're, they're money laundering there with... Drugs and stuff. So layering, it's funny
0: place. No, placement, layering. Right, integration. I, I just
1: did the CBT for I did it, I did
0: it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we know all there is to know. We know, know all about. there
1: is to know about buddy laundering.
0: Now go out there and launder some money. <laughs> and that was the week that was Coronation Street. Then yeah, ah, it wasn't a great week. No, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Meh. It was a weird collection of stories. I felt. Yeah, and I know that that's kind of random, but just right. an awful lot of this didn't feel like it went together. No, but
1: and a lot of yeah. slow progress.
0: Right, because we're building up to our super soap week, which right, I yeah. think is in the next couple of weeks. Right, I'm not sure. Anyway, what was your moment of the week? Uh, and now I was looking through these last night, trying to get at least something to suggest, and I'm 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 coming up a blank.
1: The, the only thing I can think of is Nina saying to Roy that she loves him more than she hates Ugh. Corey. And we've given it to Nina and for Roy. For pretty much
0: the same reason.
1: So many times that I'm loath to do it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm it loathe. was, it really was my moment of the week because it was so sweet and lovely. And it was also Nina realizing that she can't kill Corey.
0: Yeah, I'd rather not give it there either for the same reasons.
1: Right. But still. What else is there? There's well, nothing. Kev leaving a voicemail.
0: Right. Well, that was the high octane. <laughs> uh.
1: You know what? It's Adam Hussein's birthday today, so let's give it to Addy and Summer. Which but? Um, Addie confronting Summer about the plagiarism, or or him him and Billy confronting Summer, and Summer saying, "Yeah, you guys are right." And not getting mad for Addie being a grass, but accepting that she did do something wrong. Because that rarely happens on this show that somebody actually admits that they're wrong.
0: Yep. Yeah, you've talked about it. Yeah. That's fine. That's our.
1: Happy birthday, Adam. Of the week. Of the week. Just for you, moment of the week. 21.
0: And to Summer, I guess. And Billy.
1: Yeah. But it's not their birthdays.
0: <laughs> right. So, so they can GTF. you're <laughs> your boring moment of the week. <sighs>
1: Steve's sports trivia?
0: I was thinking that. And I'm also thinking that PC racism as well.
1: I think it's more Steve's sports trivia because it was just so random and and how it went.
0: And then they ended up begging to be friends James's with James friends. And that wasn't a great look.
1: Right. And Tim's not his only friend.
0: Dave's his friend. Right. Kev's his friend.
1: Right. Tyrone is his friend.
0: Little Tyrone. Yes. We've sta- Tim started doing this now. It's never Tyrone, it's always little Tyrone. Right. And, and I approve. <laughs> yeah, Steve Sports trivia. That's our.
1: Boring
0: moment of the week. A boring moment of the week. Thank you.
1: Sorry, I'm playing with a dinosaur. <laughs> that's how boring it is.
0: Please tune in next week. <laughs> If you've ever used your knowledge of Shakespeare in your day-to-day life, write in to tell us about it, particularly if you're Ben Elton or David Mitchell. We're <laughs> thetalkofthestreet at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to kofi.com. that's ko-fi.com slash street Check out the clicky-clicky section of voggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and we will be back next week with more
1: A talk of the, the
0: Talk of the Street Cheerio.